Welcome to the latest episode of Platform. Today, we're going to be speaking to Tim Adams. Some of you may be familiar with Tim skating. Some of you may not. Some of you may remember him from a few years ago, but I absolutely love his skating. And I've been sharing Tim's sections on the Wheelscene website pretty much since I started it in 2011. Um, he regularly put out parts for USD. He was also sponsored by BHC Wheels. And his skating was just quite rare for its time. You know, round about that era, there was a lot of handrail skating going on, a lot of handicap rail skating going on, a lot of switch ups. And most sections that I was posting on the website at the time were mainly grind, grind, grind. And Tim skating is not like that at all. He likes to go fast. He loves to skate big gaps, banks, ditches. You know, you'll find walls to jump from one thing to the other. And basically the Rochester scene at that time was just pretty exciting. They had, you know, Tim Adams, uh, Grant Hazelton was in Buffalo and was visiting uh, the guys in Rochester quite a lot. Um, they also had Dan Barnes. I think I just mentioned him. Um, he was on Main Game Flow. I can't remember whether he was sponsored by Salomon as well. But yeah, they just had a good crew and Mike Torres was making all these videos of them. And it just felt like they had great content coming out all the time. For a while there, Tim was just putting out regular great quality sections online for USD and via Mike Torres' YouTube channel but that kind of dried up around 2016. And since then, I think the only thing we've seen is he had some footage in one of Mike Torres' videos, One for the Road. And since that time, he's not had anything else out. That all changed recently. He just had a new section out called Sinner, which was edited by Mike Torres and filmed by a bunch of guys. And it was put out through Blader Union for their crowdfunded thing. And that's where they basically pay people for sections, which is pretty cool. Gives back to the industry. And I know that uh, Tim decided to donate his fee or whatever it was he got from Blader Union to a homeless charity. So I wanted to find out more about that and find out why he decided to film a new section. Talk about, you know, what it's like being a gay man in rollerblading because, you know, as much as we've made a lot of progress in that respect and being more inclusive and being more, you know, just considerate to things that aren't considered the, you know, heterosexual norm or whatever it is that people like to refer to it as. Um, I still think we've got a long way to go and you can tell that just by looking on, you know, Facebook groups and stuff like that. People will still use homophobic slurs in order to put other people down or to refer to skating that they don't like. So I'm just interested to hear his thoughts on that because he seems like an intelligent, considered person and I'm sure he's got some interesting insights to offer. Either way, I'm really excited to speak to Tim. I've been a huge fan of his skating for a long time and it's great that he's back. Hopefully this isn't the last we're going to hear of him. Hopefully he's going to have, you know, another section in the works, but we'll find out when we talk to him. In the meantime, cue the music. Can you hear me? Does it all, does it look and sound okay? Can hear you perfect. And that beard is looking majestic. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Uh, 
normally I wear a mustache now. Okay. And I've just been so lazy the past like six weeks. I just didn't shave. Right. So, and I actually, uh, asked Grant Hazleton and Nate if, uh, I should shave for the show. And they said, no, no, do the beard. That's more your brand. Was there <laughs> your, your brand? I like that. They're, yeah. your, they're your social media. <laughs> they're your, uh, their image, image stylist. Yeah. yeah. They're your people. I like it. Um, <laughs> Happy birthday for last weekend. I understand it was your, your birthday then. Is that right? Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Last, uh, last Friday. Okay. So, so. Uh, what was, what was the age then? 36. Oh, right. You're, you're still, you're, you're still, still young, you know, still fresh. Now, how, how, are you, how old are you? Like 38? I'm going to be 38 this year. It's very depressing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I realized I was at the skate park the other day and some kid was like, I was just grinding like a little rail and I was there with my daughter and some kid was like, wow, you're really good. How long have you been doing this? And then I sat there for a minute. I was like, oh no. And I was like, I started when I was like 14. And I was like, I've been doing this the best part of a quarter of a century. And he, I was like, that, I was like, I would like to think that I'd learned some, some skills by in, in that time. Cause if not, this has been a complete waste of my entire life. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, same. So did, did you guys do anything for your birthday? Did you go out or is it possible to go out there? I, d I don't know what the kind of the restrictions are like over there. Yeah, things are pretty much, well, not normal, but um, we went out to a bar. Uh, well, first, so Grant flew into town. Well, he drove into town. He made arrangements because he lives in Florida now. Yeah. Um, but one of my best friends, uh, he made arrangements to drive up here and he's here for the next three or four weeks. Okay. Um, so he drove up here. He actually got vaccinated that day. Um, cause he's a New York state resident. So I guess that's how you have to do it. Right. Um, and so anyway, uh, my close circle of friends that I skate with now is Grant, uh, Nate Hall and our friend Troy rank. Uh, and they met us up at the house here. We walked to a bar, had dinner, uh, that was about it. Nothing too, nothing too crazy. That's all right. But um, yeah. it was also the day that the, the new edit dropped. And um, so it was kind of like a celebration of that as well, because that's been a couple of years in the making. So that's that's pretty cool. OK, yeah, because I, I saw you mention something on Facebook and I can't remember when it was. It was months and months ago and like the rollerblading, rollerblading thing being like, oh, I've got a new edit coming out. And then I just didn't remember seeing anything drop. And then... <laughs> I can't remember who it was, whether it was Mike put up a photo or you put up a photo and it was maybe last year or maybe even the year before. And it's that spot with the, the pyramids, like the black pyramid things. And you did a 540 off the 540 off the oh. stair in between it. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm regularly in contact with Mike over just since running wheel scene. Yeah. I was like, what's, what's going on with this? And then he's like, oh yeah, he's got a new, he's got a new section coming out. And then, <laughs> yeah, it just, I, I was like, but he hasn't had it now in years. And the last thing was in one for the road. Um, and I thought you'd kind of, I remember somewhere you saying you were taking a step back from skating to focus on your career. And then this came out and then basically everyone got in touch with me at once because Mike told me, and then I was in contact with Grant for some reason, because I want to get him on as soon as he brings out a new section. And then I was in touch with Daniel from Blader Union. And apparently you guys know each other from when you were younger. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, he's from Rochester. Yeah. And I was like, this is so weird. So yeah, it was, it was a pleasant surprise to see you have a new section out. 
yeah, I was happy to do it. I've been, I mean, I've never stopped skating, um, but just in recent years, it's taken a backseat to other interests I have. Um, and also like, I'll still go skate with the, with the, all my friends, but it just so happens that every single summer since one for the road, I've gotten hurt. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, and so all I put out was just little Instagram stuff at the end of the season. Um, and so I don't know, we just decided, uh, grants moved away. Nate and I are kind of on our own to film, you know, we bought a camera together, uh, and we would just go out on these missions. But even at the end of the first season of filming, we didn't have enough. Neither of us did. Okay. And so it was kind of like, do we put out a dumb Instagram 60 second thing, or do we just save this stuff and really focus next summer on finishing it up? And so we went with the latter and finally this section came out. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it yeah. at this point. I've seen it so many times and I've seen all the footage so much. That there's, I don't have any objectivity to it anymore. So Mike sent me the final cut and I'm like, yeah, this looks fine. I don't know. Cause you just, it's not new anymore yeah. uh, to me. Yeah. It's one of those things that if, if you look at footage long enough, it just stops having an effect on you and you're like, Oh, yeah. you kind of become numb to it almost. So, and then you start questioning yourself. You're like, is this, is this okay? Is that, yeah, I can't tell anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you, you'll film a clip and I would like send it to Mike just, you know, on my phone and be like, is this, like I, I'm stoked on this. Is this good? I, like, I remember how that felt. <laughs> and so I'm like, I think this stuff is pretty good. I don't know though. It's been, you know, the stuff's like a year and a half old at this point. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of them, some of the stuff in it are absolutely, well, first off, you're still doing the crazy things that I liked when I started posting your sections on the website around 2011, 12, like the row in on the kink, the kink ledge thing that, <laughs> that looked, that looked scary from the first angle. And then when you saw that the ledge actually kinked and went in a different direction and that your skates like left the ground for a moment on one of the kinks, I was like, yeah, that's, that's utterly terrifying. Yeah, um, that was scary. <laughs> and then the 360 getting towed in by a car, like doing that, even yeah even in my 20s that scared the shit out of me so I, I i would not even face that prospect in my mid to late 30s um yeah no way that that one scared me too uh <laughs> i it was we i had done it i think like once or twice um going slower and troy was driving he doesn't drive much and it was a standard shift and so i'm like all right just hit it in first shift the second immediately and then just gun it in second uh, and I'll let go when I feel like it's right. I let go way later than I had anticipated. And I was, I remember the thought being like, I'm going too fast, but I'm in it. Let's just see what happens. And I just tucked it and went like right over Nate's head, <laughs> uh, landed and was like, okay, we're done. Let's go. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, but you're a so, veteran by getting towed in, getting towed in by cars because you've got loads of clips like that over the years. But I would definitely, I wouldn't want the thought going through my mind like of not being able to trust the driver while getting towed. I'd be like, what if he, what if he like crunches the gears or stop or like I don't, yeah, that I, um, I, I don't know. <laughs> the, the, it's one of those. It's like it's, I, I think of it as like going to do a really scary stunt and getting someone to film it who like you don't 
trust to be able to like operate the camera and you're like so not only yeah. am i having to worry about this drop reel i'm also having to worry if this person's going to chop my head off or like zoom out too much or like screw up the clip so i'm not actually concentrating on the trick anymore i'm now worried that the guy's not going to like capture it properly <laughs> yeah I, yeah I, I, no well these guys like i trust these guys with my life okay. um you know how it is it's it's and it's it's funny because i i don't really skate with other people anymore I skate with the people that I know. Yeah. Uh, and even like, if we go to the skate park or something, other people are around. That's cool. Um, and I and we'll just have like a light session. But if we're out street skating, I don't want a lot of people around anymore. Uh, I want I want people that I know. So they're I'm jumping into the street or doing what all, any other element that can come up that can come up uh, when you're street skating. Um, I, I rely on these guys, and so yeah, Troy is like doesn't drive a stick regularly, but he knew, he knows the mechanics of it. And it's a, it was a wide open parking lot. And I also, with that trick, there wasn't a gap that I needed to clear. So if I came up short or if something happened, if a car pulled out in front of us or something like Nate would have seen that and let us know it, yeah. it was pretty safe. Okay. I love it when Americans say drive a stick because that's like, it's, it's really uncommon to have automatic cars here. So like pretty much every car has a gear stick. So whenever a, like loads of my family are from the States. And whenever they talk about driving a stick, I'm like, we don't, we just call it driving a car here. There's like all cars <laughs> have sticks. So yeah, that's pretty funny. It's the um, opposite here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also love the, oh, what was it? I like the, there was some really good, like little creative ones in it as well. I like the, the wall ride to the mono roll, full cab out. Do you guys call yeah, that those was one of my favorites? Rolls? I don't, I, I think that's, that's what I call them. Right. Okay. I look just sometimes when you use terminology that comes from the nineties and people are like, what the hell are you talking about? And yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> um, I like the soul to the soul to slide to cab 270 into the wall as well. That was, yeah. That, 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 like that section. That was, up. that was my favorite trick of the edit. Um, yeah. That one was a, a battle. Grant and I were filming that for over an hour. I think there were like, 60 or so clips <laughs> okay. of me just like falling over the wall, landing over the, just eating shit. Um, and I remember after I landed it, I sent that to Mike and he happened to be touring with the them guys at the time. Okay. And I was so stoked because he was like, I just showed the whole car and everyone just went nuts. <laughs> so that was like, that felt really good. I uh, and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah that was a, that's a keeper. It's, it's a proper like, yeah, uh, 2020 slash 2021 trick. It's got all the different elements in it there. It's got the random obstacle. It's got the mixing, you know, wizard skating with street skating. It's got, and I could imagine that would have taken a lot of efforts because, yeah, if you don't time the slide right, then you're just basically going to crash into the wall. If you do it too, yeah, yeah if you do it too early, you're going to run out of juice. Yeah, there's there was a lot going it, on in it, that took a lot of figuring out both my skating and also Grant's filming. And I, so I, I think we needed like 60 tries to get it just right, both the trick and the filming. Uh, if you saw some of the early attempts, it was just, this is pathetic. What are you doing? <laughs> but it worked out. And I, right, and I still got to like Rom out about like, you know, the pros digging my shit. So. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's one of those things that it doesn't really matter what age you get to when there's there's still going to be a certain element of that when it's even if it's people that are younger than you or whatever. But if you respect them or you respect their ability, and if yeah. they give you recognition, then you're like, oh, I feel validated in some way. 
So yeah. Yeah. Um, I never ask anyone about this, but your setup, I never ask any, I don't care what people wear on their feet. I don't care what size, you know, wheels or frames. You have got the weirdest looking skate setup. Like you get these <laughs> tiny ass little skates, like, like X, are they like XS, XS shells? Yeah. Yeah. They're extra small. Brands. <laughs> and then you've got these huge frames sticking out the front and the back. Like actually like the base of the frame is sticking out the front and back of the boot those symmetric Sick, right? frames are they like xl <laughs> frames or large frames yeah they're the large those were the large symmetric frames like those um, those aren't skates those are skis those are street yeah. skis <laughs> talk talk me um, through the the inspiration for that well um i just like it <laughs> that's, that's so, not a good enough answer i'm afraid <laughs> yeah no um so back when i used to skate very very fast and do a lot of gaps and jumps and things um, I found that longer frames gave me more stability. Um, okay. Just when you're landing something, you land, there's less chance of you falling forward or back. You can lean on your heel or your toes a little bit more and you have a little bit more leeway there. Right. Um, currently, and toward the end of the filming for this stuff, I actually went back to a pair of uh, Create Originals uh, Smalls. Um, and so that's what I'm skating now. Uh, I think that I should have probably done that a long time ago, but the creates weren't available for a long time. Uh, and I had a couple sets of the symmetrics sitting around. And so I figured, well, this is working, so I'll just keep using this. Okay. Um, but I think the the smaller creates, I also have them rockered. It's like a 58 in the middle. And I think right now it was just like a used, slightly used 58 on the outside. Um, right. And the shorter frame now it gives me just a little bit more maneuverability when I'm doing stuff like swivels and um, that kind of stuff. I'm not really jumping giant gaps anymore. So I kind of grew out of that phase. I mean, I would like to hope not because it's, you know, it's problematic to your health and wrists and hands. And, and it seems like you need those these days. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've had like back issues ongoing. And so just kind of, I don't know, I guess, trying to be smarter about my skating, trying to stay healthy and doing tricks that I am less likely to get, you know, real banged up doing. Um, that's kind of my approach right now. <clears throat> you say that, but then less than five minutes ago, you just told me you've injured yourself every summer skating. So <laughs> what are you? Yeah, I learned from it. That's why this edit came out. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, at least, I don't know. We'll, we'll, Maybe it's luck. Maybe it's just uh, skating more consistently. I find that to be really important. Um, having people around you that motivate you to do it um, is is crucial. So. Yeah. Um, fair enough. Uh, plus, it's, it's a dangerous game wearing those symmetrics now because you know Mike Mike Torres famously dumped his in the bin. So you you may you might create some beef if you start wearing those in front of them. He may he's like I'm not I'm not using this. I'm not using this footage. Mike's, Mike's, yeah, Mike's I, got beef now with symmetrics. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm kind of on board with his beef. I don't, I, and I'm not going to raise any drama on this yeah. podcast. Like it's, it's fine, but that had something to do with like, oh, crates are available now. Cool. I don't really want to skate these anymore. They, they start after a while, they start like making that really awful clicking sound. I don't know if it's something I'm doing wrong, but. After a while, the frames for me, like the axle doesn't lock down anymore, and they okay. make. I, 
I hate having sounds come from my skates. Yeah, I can't deal with noise. Like noisy skates are a massive turnoff. Like when you hear people have with those like anti rockers that don't have bearings <coughs> in them going past you, and it's it's like and you're, no, yeah. get that away. That yeah, that, I can't skate with you. Sorry. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> it's really horrible. But I'm also really tight with Leon and what he does. Uh, everything he does is shop task and the wizard uh, movement. You know, uh, so. I kind of decided I'm gonna just my aggressive setup. I like creates; they work great for me flat. So that's uh, that's where I want. Nice. I think this is the longest I've talked about hardware in this podcast before. I'm turning into mushroom blading. <laughs> Those guys are gonna are gonna start sending me DMs, being pissed at me. Um, why did right? I've got a theory about this, but I want I want to hear your take on it. Why did Mike choose to call the section center? Or was that your idea or what, what was the motivation behind that? Uh, that was Mike's idea. Um, and I can give like my interpretation of what ended up happening with the edit, okay. but I can't really give Mike and I have only, we haven't even spoken on the phone or in person since the edit dropped and since I saw it. I sent him a couple of texts last night just saying, hey, this is probably going to come up. Uh, and I don't know what your vision was exactly with this, um, but I can give my interpretation. And um, so all of the footage in this edit is was filmed by us in Rochester. Yeah. And then we just sent Mike all the footage. And it's hard to, I, I'm not a video editor. editor. I don't. I have an idea of how it works, a pretty good idea, but Mike is one of the best. And for me to say, hey, here's all this footage. The audio's fucked up. Some of the clips are just shit. Uh, I need you to fix all the lighting, all the everything. Uh, and also, I want it to look like this. I want it to be with this song. I want, I can't make demands on someone like Mike <laughs> who's doing this on his own time. Um, but we talked about songs. I threw out a couple ideas and I don't know, in the last year or so, I've been getting really into, well, I, I did like a deep dive of, of Prince, all of Prince's music. And that brought on a lot of like seventies and eighties uh, disco and soul music. Um, and in my, what do they call it on Spotify? You're like, Recommend the, the list that they make of this the, the music that you're list, uh, listening to. Oh, was it Discover New Music or something that's called? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's there's that. But it basically it makes a list of all of you the, your top played songs currently, and it just lets right. you just loop them. Anyway, Grace Jones ended up on that list. Um, and this is the first edit that like legit solo section that I've had since I came out to the rollerblading world yeah um and so i wanted it to be if we could make it work something that is like oh this is a gay rollerblader <laughs> uh and something that's unapologetic that if someone's watching it that doesn't skate or doesn't uh know who i am and might have a problem with that it might make them feel uncomfortable and i'm fine with that um something that just you know I think we could have taken it farther. Um, originally, I wanted the just the entire song to be 
uh, Grace Jones, I Need a Man. Okay. Um, but because it's disco and it's just so repetitive, Mike tried and he's like, dude, I don't even know if I can use this song. Um, and that's part of why it took so long for it to come out because it, he, uh, he had a vision as well. And uh, it just took some time to develop that and make it what it was. So, right. I, um, yeah, I was, I was wondering whose, whose idea the, the second song was, cause I was like, that's very, that's very like on the nose. And I was like, did, yeah. Did Tim want that or did Mike suggest that you're right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, I guess my interpretation of the edit with all the older footage of me, I mean, some of the clips of, in that I'm 13 years old, it's over 20 years old. Yeah. Um, and so like, I, I see the section as being like allegorical, like it's telling a story of my being an awkward teenager, adolescent kid, really not knowing who I am, where I fit into the world. Um, and then moving forward to my current skating. Uh, and I think when I watch it, I look more comfortable on skates. Uh, I am more comfortable on skates. I, I'm, yeah. Uh, but when it transitions into the Grace Jones thing, it's like, oh, fuck yeah, this is who I am. Uh, and I don't know. I wish like, like seeing the old footage of myself, I remember how I felt like in that moment, I wish I could be like, yo, Tim, you're going to figure it out. It's going to be fine. Uh, you're going to be when you're on your 36th birthday, you're going to be skating <laughs> in an edit that everyone sees around the world, uh, to Grace Jones. That's like, oh, this is a fucking gay skater. Uh, and that's cool. And then you're going to be on an international podcast talking about it. Like you're going to be fine. And I wish I could say that to my younger self. I wish I can, you know, I hope that that message is heard from younger skaters who are either not sure of themselves, who may have, uh, be questioning their gender identity, uh, all of these struggles that we go through as we come into adulthood. Yeah. Um, I wish I had this kind of example as a kid. Um, so just trying to, trying to be that, um, obviously calling it sinner is, <laughs> uh, another aspect of the edit. Um, and you know, there's, there's a constant me coming out on Facebook to the rollerblading world doesn't mean I'm out in my life. Uh, it's a constant process. You know, I work in a, in an industry that is pretty like hyper-masculine, straight driven, that, that kind of setting. Um, and so like, I don't, I, I assume my coworkers know, but I don't know that. And so for example, when I, we had just finished the trailer, I think it was the more, the day that you messaged me about doing this. Uh, okay. And I showed, uh, my coworkers that edit like one by one, these are people I work with every day. These are good friends of mine, but we don't talk about my personal life. Um, and at lunchtime we're sitting around a table. There's four of us and my coworker Pete says, so what's up with the sinner thing? And I was like, Oh fuck, here we go. Cause I don't know if Pete knows I'm gay. Right. 
Um, and it's a long discussion. So, you know, for in some instances, and it's just, it's, it's a constant thing. Like, okay, here we go. Is this going to be cool? Is this going to be awkward? Um, and no, they were totally cool with it. And I was like, well, some people might not be okay with that. Uh, some people consider me a sinner. And my coworker, Corey, sitting across from me, he says, well, fuck him. <laughs> uh, and yeah, fuck him. But it's more complicated than that. True. But so. you, you would like to think that in this day and age, more and more people would be of that, you know, attitude, just being like, this doesn't need to be a discussion. This doesn't need to be something that you have to explain to me. I don't, I don't have to understand it. I just should be like, oh, like you love people of the same sex, right? What's the big deal? Yeah, but um, yeah. So I, that's what I want to ask because obviously I've been a fan of your skating for years, and I remember my other favorite section of yours is oh god, what's it called? Mac Mac Tim Ren two, knowing Mac Tim Ren two. Is that what it's called? Oh yeah, yeah. And in the middle of that, Mike uses an audio track that just keeps like repeating the word god and it gets more and more intense and it keeps saying like god over and over and i was like is there a theme going on here and he's revisited <laughs> that like why did did you ask him why he used that in that previous edit like it just seemed <laughs> it, it seemed like very intentional or something that seemed like there was there was an inside joke there or something that you guys were both yeah colluding on i don't know <laughs> And then when I saw um, the new section was called Sinner, I was like, right, there's that something's up here. <laughs> you know, I'd like to say that it was all planned and we were like building this over the last eight years or so. Oh, like, I don't mean you were like, right. Like a... So Mike, Mike's like, right, Tim, so you're going to come out, right? And then in four yeah. years, we're going to release a new part, right? And it's all, it's yeah, all going to yeah. make sense. It's the matrix. It's all just, it's all going to come together, right? So, so yeah, right. you got it. That's it. Right, no, cool. um, no, I, I I mentioned that to him last night uh, when we were texting back and forth, and he's like, um, "This one, that kind of like sinner redemption, religious sort of undertone, that theme worked better, <laughs> okay, uh, and landed better, uh, I think, than than the last one." Um, basically the last one he sent me that audio track and i was like sure whatever do your thing like you're the one making this okay um i mean that was that was before i was out to rollerblading um mike's one of the first people that i ever came out to we lived together um years ago and it, basically i started dipping out on weekends to go see someone uh, and he was concerned for like, what are you doing? Are you going, are you doing drugs? Like, what's up? And I was like, fuck, okay. I, gotta I was, was going to say, is that, was that like his go-to? He's like, oh shit. He's like, Tim's, he's like, Tim's taking drugs and he doesn't want us to know. And that's why he's, that's why he's disappearing on us. Right. And that's the only logic. I mean, that, that sounds reasonable to, if you know, Mike's one of my best friends of all time. Like I've known Mike since I was like 11 years old. Um, and I knew that he would be okay with it. He was surprised because I think, I mean, this is back in like 2005, maybe. And I think yeah, we, like we six, had six years ago. Yeah. Six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and we had, you know, there's a different idea of what it means to be a gay man in the world back then. Um, because I don't 
present myself in an, in a, an effeminate way, or I don't have a lisp or whatever. Um, I'm very good at like, what do they call it? Like code shifting, code changing. <laughs> uh, what? I don't, I don't know what that term is. Code, oh, well, just code. like, so. Oh, the, turn, right. You mean like a turncoat? Is that what you, I don't, mm, I don't know. Space, so, um, code shifting. I think it's, is the, the term. Oh, code, code shifting. Yeah. Right. I've never heard that term. Oh, I, I might, I might have it wrong, but I don't think about this stuff very often, but basically like the, the, the Tim Adams who goes to work every day and works as a welder in a performance auto shop is not the Tim that you see out at the gay bar at one in the morning with all of his best friends. Um, the things that I talk about, the ways I, an example is not really coming to me right now, but it's, it's a matter of being uh, one, keeping myself safe. Um, and being able to present as like a, this masculine fucking dude, bro, whatever. Um, but, um, that was part of, I think what surprised Mike, he's like, oh, you're wait, what? Like, that's not how gay people act, you know? Um, right. Okay. <laughs> so that, that's, that's, all. That's, that's been, what's, what's stopping you from being masculine, burly, like doesn't mind hurting himself guy. And also being a guy that loves other guys like that, that you can, you, you can be that. Yeah. Um, but there is a difference in culture. Uh, it's hard to explain. I don't, I don't really want to get into all of that. I, like, stuff, I, I, I think I understand what you mean. Yeah. And it, it obviously depends on, the demographics of the people that you grew up with and whether they've ever left the small town or whatever that you grew up in or whether they've ever sure. been to university or met, you know, people from different cultures or backgrounds or whatever. So yeah. I think there's a lot of different um, dynamics in play when it comes to how people respond to things like that or the experiences they've had in their life that informs how they react when people give them that kind of information. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, what were we? I don't remember what we were talking about. It was something about Mike. Um, oh, the the God thing. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, he said, "Yeah, you didn't fit his idea of what a gay guy was." Yeah, but he was always super supportive. Um, and I, I, there may have been some of that discussion back then between the two of us when we were developing what that edit was going to be. Um, but my main memory of that edit was it was the first one where I wasn't skating USDs um, in the second part. Yeah, because when it... Right, sorry, right, I'm getting mixed up now. Right, you're talking about in Mac 10 round two because you were wearing the SSMs in the second part. Yeah. Right. You weren't You weren't skating for SSM, right? You were just... Or were you? No. Right, no. okay. It was just because no, you were I wearing just, you were wearing multiple pairs, and I remember in a couple of clips you had an SSM T-shirt on. So I was like, "Was did he just switch sponsors?" Right? Okay. No, I just. Uh, because you had a white I was pair and a black USD. pair. What's that? You had a white pair of SSMs and a black pair. Is that right? Yeah, and I also had a, another. I don't even remember. I know I had the John Bellinos. And then okay. the white ones, whoever those were. And I, I had a different pair before that. I can't remember. Yeah. Okay. Um, but at that time, I had been like flow for USD for a long, long time. And 
just kind of got tired of it. It wasn't any like one thing that happened, but I was just like, uh, I don't feel like, I feel like I'm putting in more than I'm getting out of this and just bought a pair of SSMs. Okay. Well, I tried a pair and then bought a pair. Right. Um, yeah. Cause you were putting out regular content for USD that I remember just very much of that time enjoying when you brought a new section out because in that era, it felt like everyone was just skating handicap rails or every aggressive section that came out was just like grind, 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 grind. Whereas I knew whenever you had a new part coming out, you're either going to be jumping from wall to wall or finding some weird transfer or skating horrible like banks that no one else wanted to touch. Mm-hmm. And it just, yours were always a kind of refreshing change from the monotony of people just trying to do, go as tech as they could on rails and ledges. Yeah. Um, handicap rails to this day bore the shit out of me. I don't do any switch ups really. <laughs> uh, I, I went through that phase back in like 2000. Oh, oh, uh, I, know. I used, I used to be able to like, full cab true top porn on command. I could do all the switch ups and the things that everyone was doing back in, in California in the two, early two thousands. Um, and it just got, I just didn't find it very interesting. Um, and so started, I don't know, my approach to skating has always been like, I want someone who sees this, who doesn't even skate, to be like, damn, that's sick. And to me, someone doing like tap dance moves on a handicap rail isn't gonna be very impressive to someone who doesn't skate. And it's not for that reason. I don't care about impressing people necessarily. Um, that's just the avenue that I ended up taking. Um, and also doing like moves that like you, and, and skating obstacles that you can't skate on like a skateboard or do on a bike. Yeah. Um, and I don't do that like um, consciously at this point. It's just like I like doing front sides and sole variations. <laughs> uh, also, I have really bad knees and ankles, and I don't. <laughs> that's just uh, as far as the health thing, I should stretch more. Uh, but it's just convenient for me to just hop on a rail and do a front side. Uh, it feels good. That's what I was going to ask. That's my only complaint about your new part. There are a lot of front sides and back sides. A lot. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a complaint? I, I don't know. Um, oh my God, Davey. Well, you know. Uh, oh, oh, Timothy. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because, and it's not the first time you've been criticized for that, is it? Because I have just seen a little... Um, unearthed gem called physical phenomenon and uh mike is giving you into trouble for the same thing in that section where he says you've got too many front side royales yeah and then he proceeds to show about 10 or 15 royale yeah. variations on different spots yeah i mean it was it's a throwback to randy spicer we're just uh paying our respects okay uh <laughs> but yeah i i know that's i go through phases where i'll do a certain trick way more than i need to because it's fun and it feels good. Um, it, I'm, I feel I'm in a position right now where I don't have, I'm an adult. If you don't like my skating, like, I don't care. <laughs> uh, and if you do, or it, 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 it inspires you to go skate 
and skate differently or do a front side and be okay with that, like that's great. Um, I don't have to represent any sponsor or like uh, um, the, the cool trend in skating. Um, it's cool to get some recognition for it. It was great when Dan reached out um, and said, hey, we'd like to, to make this a, a Blader Union thing. Um, cause I had planned to just put it out on like my Instagram and maybe a couple hundred people would see it. And that's that, um, it kind of snowballed into the, a much larger, uh, project. Yeah. And I'm happy it did. I, I think it's, it's, it's good. And I'm, I'm glad that people are watching it and the feedback has been pretty positive. So yeah, it was awesome. There is, yeah. Even with the front sides. Even with the front sides. Well, you touched on something quite interesting there. I think there's a certain freedom to getting older and maybe even not stepping out of skating, but just not just having a certain like distance from it in a way, because when you're a kid or when like most of us started, like I started in my teens, there's a lot going on. Cause like you mentioned earlier, there's this path of self-discovery and obviously you, your path was a lot more complicated because you know, you were coming to terms with being gay but you know being a teenager is difficult enough like just trying to find some sense of self some sense of identity not really understanding like most that's and i think that's why there is a lot of things like homophobia and like sexism and stuff like that with teenage boys because they're very insecure beings and for sure it's, it's one one of the easiest ways to attack someone is to attack their masculinity so yeah. boys lash out at other boys by doing that um but it's really interesting when you get older because you just stop caring as much what other people think and like you said like you put it apart and before if you got negative feedback about it or like when oh that guy's like i don't like that guy's style or why doesn't he skate this you'd be like you'd be more inclined to take offense to it or to take it yeah. to heart whereas now you're just like i don't I don't care. Like this isn't going to ruin my day. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm I, I've probably been skating longer than you've been born than, than you've been alive. So like, I don't know, there's some of that. Um, but I think it's just a matter of being comfortable in your own skin uh, and carrying that in like a, that sort of confidence into skating. Um, I don't know. You, you do it so long that it's just like, I, I don't care. Like I'm skating with my friends and someone picked up a camera and started filming it like these are this, obviously it's it's bigger than just like having toys on our feet and being children but in a way it's, we're kind of just like fucking around on wheeled boots like <laughs> um yeah and, and, and i think there's a reason we do it like it's it's fun and it's social and it's it's all of these why wouldn't i want to and it's exercise and it's yeah there, there's oh, just a blast yeah um something just stuck in my mind there you said you said earlier that you know when you you spoke to people in your work in your lunch break and you mentioned the section do you not socialize with anyone from your work outside of work like are none of those people friends in your personal life or are they all just work colleagues um that's a good question um they know that i skate uh because actually my my boss the owner of our company skates still to okay. this day uh, and I grew up like skating with Emery and all the guys at the roller rink, like those days. And I was like nine, 10 years old, getting dropped off on Friday night, getting picked up at midnight or whenever they closed. Um, and so when Emery pitched the idea of hiring me to the group, he was like, yo, check out this guy skating. And he sent, he showed them like some, some 
I think it was the whatever edit where I get pulled by the limo uh, as the last trick. Right. Um, and uh, Justin is like such a little fuck like that section. Yeah. Um, another one you mean. Yeah. Um, but and so they, they know that I skate, but I also work in a shop where that's a huge hobby of mine, uh, building cars and racing cars. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really good friends with them, but it's mainly through car stuff. Right. And the car community, just like any mainstream uh, subculture or dominant culture, whatever you want to call it, uh, you don't talk about LGBT rights and trans rights and issues like this very often. Um, and for the sake, actually, well, when I got the job, like the first, I was on the job for a couple of days and my boss, Emery and I went for a drive in his truck. We just had to run some errands. And that was when we talked about like, okay, here's what I'm going to pay you. Here's like, here's the deal, even though you've already started. Um, and he had mentioned because he and Grant and Nate started a skate shop in Rochester uh, a few years prior. It was Ooh. called Rock City Skates. Rock City, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was a storefront right on Monroe Ave. It's, you know, a less than a mile from my apartment here. Um, and it was an aggressive only shop. Uh, and it was, it was a, it, it worked out for a little while and then it didn't. And that was the thing. It was, it was, it was fine. It was something we did. It was, it was cool. Um, but anyway, Emery was telling me, he's like, yeah. And I remember when Grant and I were about to like, kind of go into business, he got real serious and he's like, Emery, hey, since we're doing this, I just need to let you know uh, I'm gay. And Emery's telling me this, uh, and he's like, "Nearly like, well." Uh, and I was since, like, "Since you brought it up, I've got something to talk right, to you right. about." Right, <laughs> right. I had no intention of doing that, um, but uh, and he's and his he verbalized my his like his response to Grant back then was, "Oh, dude, that's cool. Whatever, I don't care." Uh, and I was like, "Okay, well." Yeah, yeah, and uh, I was like, Grant's a great dude, um, Emery. So I got to tell you something. <laughs> like, why are all these guys like, coming out to me? What? What? Yeah, are they, yeah. What are they trying to tell me? Are they like, hitting on me? Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, and he was, he was like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, "Yeah, dude." <laughs> uh, and, and that was that. Um, but it was good to come out to my boss on the first, you know, first or second day on the job, yeah. and know that that was not going to be an issue uh, going forward. Um, so. But yeah, uh, to answer your question, I'm, I'm friends with the people I work with. Um, our activities are very different from going skating and being social that way. Okay. Um, so. Right. So you just like, you guys wouldn't all like, I don't know, go to a bar or whatever, or go out for dinner together or any of that kind of stuff. No, not really. Right. Okay. That's fair enough. Or I mean, we'll, we eat lunch together every single day. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like, we're not going to hang out. We've had enough of each other by the end of a 40, 45 hour work week, you know? Yeah. No, that's fair enough. And then we're also there on the weekends, like the whole car thing. I'm in the shop. Usually I would be there right now if I wasn't talking to you working on my own stuff. Um, that's just as important to me as skating right now. Right. Uh, there's a little bit less of a history there, but that's, that keeps me busy and keeps me just, honing my craft for my career as well 
So it's all connected in that way. That's pretty cool. Right. So yeah, it's not just a job for you. It is like a vocation because yeah, when you're not working and you're not on the clock and not being paid, you're in there working on passion projects. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and and it's, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be able to like tomorrow I have to go into work at nine o'clock. I'm excited to go into work at nine o'clock and I don't mind that at all. Uh, people I work with, we're all in our like twenties and thirties. Um, if I, it's the kind of place where if, if I want to design a new part and bring it into production, I can do that. Right. And no one's going to be like, no, Tim, that's not how you do it. You know, some like at my old, I used to work for my dad <laughs> doing tires and oil changes and brake jobs. And okay. It's a very different atmosphere. Uh, bit, right. Yeah. So, yeah, you you used to work as a mechanic or in a, in a garage. That's right. And now, now you is it building parts or I'm I'm not I I know nothing about this kind of stuff. So yeah, I just want like clarification on what it is you actually do. Oh yeah. So I I used to be an automotive technician, uh, okay. a mechanic, uh, and got hired at my new job as a, a technician to work on the cars, but the new job, we're a performance shop. Um, and so we build essentially race cars, mostly all wheel drive turbo cars, uh, car people who watch this, uh, might know like the, our, our main focus is our specialty is a Mitsubishi Evo. Okay. Um, it's an all wheel drive turbo car, kind of like a, like a WRX, like a Subaru. Um, but you could literally just be saying you could be making all of this up and I'd be like, yeah, right. Cool. I, I, rec I recognize <laughs> well, the brand names. Context, that's it. To give context to people who do know, um, car stuff. Um, that's what we do. And I got hired to do that and I'm a pretty good tech, but I'm not the fastest. And when I was hired, my boss told me, he's like, I want you to learn everything that we do here. And one of the main things we do is. Uh, production and, and welding parts and just uh, high-end fabrication, uh, welding fabrication. Um, and so I, coming from a job where I was making 10, 11 bucks an hour into this place where I have basically, the sky's the limit as far as uh, opportunity to learn and to improve and to gain skills. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that. And so I just started staying after almost every night and learn to weld over the course of like six months um, from the other guys who were doing it. Okay. Uh, and then, and so that's what I do now. I don't even really work on cars other than my own. I'm making turbo kits and uh, very fancy titanium exhausts and things like that um, for people who have a lot of money and want to spend it with us. Right. <laughs> Because it so. sounds like, yeah, it sounds like a technical endeavor, but it also sounds like something that requires a lot of creativity or a lot of like, you know, like idea developing. So that, it, yeah, it, it sounds incredibly challenging. It is. Um, it can be, but it's something I do all day, every day. Yeah, oh, no, I don't um, mean what so, I mean, as in, I just, I don't, it doesn't sound like the kind of job that just any dummy off the street that likes cars can just do. It sounds like something that you have to be incredibly skilled at, and it, it appears as though you are. Yeah. Uh, not to brag, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking pretty good at what I do. 
Um, but also like I've applied myself and, and really I was any Joe off the street uh, who was given this opportunity and took full advantage of it. So um, when people reach out to me and want to get into welding and stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm open to always discuss like technique and my main advice is just go look on YouTube because that's basically what the guys told me at the shop because uh, there's all kinds of tutorials out there. Uh, and then just, if you have access to a welder, just pick it up and do it. And just put in, yeah. You can learn put in the much time. anything off YouTube at the moment. So it's like, the, <laughs> I've lost count of it because we, yeah, we bought a house last year and I know I'm like the most useless stereotypical male going like anything to do with DIY or like, so even just like rewiring a light bulb, I'm like, I have no idea what the hell. So it's straight on YouTube. And then within 15 minutes it's done. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, my, par- my partner comes home yourself. and she's like, look, look, look what you just, and I'm like, man, manly man, manly man, right? <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> it was a, and you a, just a, a 13, a 13 year old girl on YouTube showed me how to do it, but manly man, manly man. Yeah. And right, <laughs> in, in the flesh right in front of you. Um, yeah. So is it, was it that like overriding passion for that and wanting to develop a career in that, that made you, you know, not, not step away from blading, but just be like, oh, I don't want to dedicate as much energy to this. I want, I'm now, this passion is taking over and I'm excited about this. Yeah, that's part of it. Um, I had, I guess so. There's only so many hours in the day, you know? Um, and I think I mentioned like being motivated to skate. And at that time in the past few years, I just wasn't really that motivated. Right. Um, and I, it, it could have to do with like um, nobody having uh, in the past, we've done like videos, like crew videos. We're filming for this video. Everyone's going to have a section and yours has to be good. Otherwise next to the rest of them, it's like what, you know, you can't not, not perform. Um, and I, we haven't had that in a long time. Uh, but for whatever reason, I, it could have to do with uh, Grant getting sponsored by Rosie's and being a complete powerhouse in, in that realm. And just being like, he's, I skated with him yesterday. He's so good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm like, what are, what are you like? Stop, like, take it easy. We're just like, I'm filming him. I'm recording him on his phone for an Instagram clip. Um, and I'm just like, wow, it's been, I, yeah, I haven't skated with him in probably like five months at this point. Um, and so when he started skating and taking skating more seriously, uh, I think that is contagious that, 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 you know, that spreads. And I, I think that's, that's important um, to be around people who are uh, motivating, inspiring, you know, whatever. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. So I, I think that's the main change. I didn't have that for a few years. And then, I don't know, we all just kind of woke up, at least well, the few of us, the three, four of us that still skate regularly in Rochester. So basically what I'm interpreting that to mean is, Mike Torres moved to New York City and got a bunch of new friends and a new crew and just murdered the scene in Rochester. That's what you're saying. He killed off the local scene by leaving. I'm not going to say it. You can. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not that. It, it was a big blow, but Mike had moved away from, he moved down to South Carolina like over a decade ago. Right. 
So he's been out of this scene for a long time. Um, now, though, Grant lives in Florida. So the pressure is on for basically me and Nate and our friend Troy, who's been coming out. He's 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 uh, he's in like our, our core group now um, to we've had conversations about this. Like if you, it's, if we, if we stop now, like we're not going to be skating anymore. Like eventually we'll be those rollerbladers who used to skate and don't anymore and just get drunk at the bar every weekend or whatever it is. Um, and we just made a decision that like we don't want to do that. Um, yeah. so we got to take responsibility for it. And I think we both did. Nate put out a part, I think in like, late December yeah, um, or, yeah that, that Mike yeah. edited. Um, that was all footage that I shot, that Grant shot and Troy shot. Um, and that was really good. And, and just like at this point, both of us and Troy included, we're, we're like, yeah, we're going to put something out at the end of the season. Um, and we just got to kind of get back into it. We started that yesterday, but today it's raining out. It's, it's so funny that, yeah, like you said, you know, you guys obviously drifted towards other responsibilities, whereas Grant went the other way because I interviewed Grant, I think it was two years ago, mm-hmm. maybe longer. And he basically said that he just quit his, he quit all his adult responsibilities to just rollerblade full time, knowing full well yeah. that it wouldn't pay any bills, that it wouldn't result in a career, that, it, that, that he, he, could, he basically had nothing to gain from it. But he was like, no. He's like, I did the adult thing. He's like, I had the job. I bought a house. I, da, 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 da. He's like, now I'm doing this for me. And I'm like, yeah, do it. Go. And yeah. it's, he's been doing that for what, like two years now? Yeah, I think so. It's been about so, two years. Of course. It, well, his section and nights and weekends was amazing anyway, but of course he's really good. He's, he's skating more than he's, he's probably skating as much as like I did when I was a teenager. Like he's, yeah. he's out all the time. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm really happy for Grant. He's, he seems he's on the top of his game. He's a smart dude. He's happy in his relationship. Um, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. And he's, and he's, he's a fucking really good skater. <laughs> just like, he's a really good. Yeah. He, so, he, you know, you, you, you're around people that are that good every so often, like not very often anymore. Unfortunately, I live in his house, by the way, I rent from him. This is his, I was going to ask if you're place. still, so you're still in the house that he, cause you guys lived together in that house. Didn't you? Is that right? No. Well, we lived in a different apartment years right. ago. Um, and then he moved out when he bought this and then I lived alone, uh, for probably three or four years. And then this place became available and he just mentioned it to me one day. He's like, Hey, would you be interested? I'll give you a really good deal like i paid 500 bucks for this place wow. <laughs> it's a small apartment but that frees up a lot of money to do other things that i like to do and it's just me and my dog so uh it worked out um this, this isn't the one that's got a mini ramp is that or is that yep it is you've got there's yep. a mini ramp in a garage on site yeah it's about 10 feet from my front door so you've basically got an all-weather training facility yeah. Right. So you've got no, right. Then you've got no reason for getting fat or out of shape or stopping skating because you've literally got, you've got all the things that you need right there. <laughs> yeah. I've got no good reason, but, uh, it happens from time to time. Uh, I mean, yeah, unfortunately 
I don't enjoy skating mini ramp. As I was, much I was about as, to say it's one so. of those things. Yeah, if you, if you don't like it, but the, I would just like to think that out of you know your natural competitiveness, you're like Grant's like, oh, I'm coming up next month, and you just train on the mini ramp for like a few sessions, and he comes back and he's like, whoa, you're killing it on this thing. Yeah, no, like I can skate mini ramp, and I'm pretty good at it. Right. Um, I just don't get much joy from it. Um, it's kind of like skating a handicap to me. Uh, I'm not a very technical skater. So you can only do so many front sides and back sides. <laughs> uh, obviously, I, you know, I, I can do more grinds on a technical tricks on a mini ramp, but um, I don't know. It's just, it's boring. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll take a word for it. Um, you mentioned Mike. Mike showed me that old video because I think it was Daniel that brought it up. Um, basically just saying, oh, if you interview, if you interview Tim, you have to ask him about this trip, this trick. And he mentioned some waterfall. I can't remember the name of it. And then I asked Mike about it and I was like, I've got no idea what he's talking about. And Mike, Mike just wrote back, that's the scariest trick I've ever filmed in my entire life. And then, and then he showed me the clip and because it's obviously Mike's filming skills weren't at their peak then and it was kind of difficult to like tell what was happening until the very end when you zoom out and you can see that there's a fast flowing river there's what appears to be some kind of rapids underneath there's a massive drop and it's nighttime so my question is why would you decide to disaster a rail that goes into a fast flowing river in poor light well i'll tell you why because <laughs> that <laughs> see when you say it like that when I, like when i was describing it to myself i was like that just sounds like suicide that's lunacy why like so at that time i was working uh in a call center and it was i was going to college and i had this job in a it was doing like uh like it was a nurse triage center where we took like overflow calls for people who had different insurances had to call before they went into the emergency room whatever um so it was this job and my hours were like 3.30 in the afternoon until midnight for a good couple of years of my life. I was also going to college full time and I didn't leave much time to skate. Um, and so that particular night, I think it was like a Friday night, um, Mike had an apartment just right downtown. And it was a place where we'd all hang out and get drunk or whatever, and just, you know, shoot the shit. Um, and so that night I'd gotten out of work. They were skating downtown. I think they were skating downtown. Um, and I think it had just been like a stressful week for me. And I was just kind of like, yeah, let's fucking skate. You guys got cameras. All right, let's do this. Uh, and there was a different move that I wanted to do at that same building. And I still to this day have not done it. Maybe I'll do it this year. But it's basically a natural launch in the sidewalk to like a good 10 to 12 feet. And then just a, a, a cement wall that you have to launch and land over. Um, and I was really trying to get myself mentally prepared to do this thing. Cause you don't know how the launch is going to throw you. You don't know if I'm, if I'm just going to like run into this wall, it's just a very odd, awkward thing. Um, and I finally just gave up on it mentally. And I was like, you know what? Like, why don't I just like jump on that rail instead? That seems less scary to me right now. Cause I had just, just fucked my whole uh, focus up. Yeah. think overthinking it, psyching myself out. It just wasn't happening. Um, and Mike's like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, I mean, what, we got a couple of cameras. He's like, well, no, but my apartment's right there. We can go get the second camera. 
And I was like, all right, well, you know, I, I just like talk myself into this shit sometimes. <laughs> um, and I'm like, well, all right, well, if we get a second camera, and he's like, I'm, I'm there. I'm going to go get it right now. And it's like, shit. All right. Now I got to do this thing. Um, and like all my best friends from that time in my life were there. Like Dan from later union was there. Right. Uh, like he's in that video. Um, and so I just figure like, I'll just stay on the safe side. And a bunch of the times, you know, I probably jumped on the rail like a dozen times. Um, okay. And it, okay. it, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's because it was nighttime or because of whatever mental state I was in that night, you know, obviously like totally sober. I, wasn't, I don't mean it by like that, yeah. but just like, I need to do something tonight. If it's not jump over that wall, um, I got to get this energy out of me. And, and that's what happened. I love how you're like, I love how it makes like it's one of the most terrifying things I've ever filmed. And you're like, yeah, it was an afterthought. It was, it, what, it, I had another plan and that fell through. So I just settled for this. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it went down. I remember that night, like crystal clear. I remember the first time I jumped and landed on the rail, I fell and my hat fell off. Uh, and it was a hat that I had had. It was an England hat. It had the lion, like, right. You know, uh, it was one of like the first England hats that ever came out. Um, and it almost went into the river. Uh, and I was like, oh shit, that was scary. I almost lost my hat. <laughs> and someone heard me say that. They're like, what the fuck are you? What, what's wrong with you? And that, that was something that like stuck with that, uh, I don't know, that memory. Yeah. Yeah. When I saw the footage initially, I was like, oh, that's not that scary. And then it zoomed out and I was just like, there's a lot going on there. A lot <laughs> to process. Um, yeah, like you guys seemed like you had an amazing crew back then. Yeah, you had, because I watched that whole video and it basically just seemed like the Dan Barnes and Arsenio Patterson like um, yeah. demo and then other people got involved and because you were obviously sponsored by, was it USD, was it BHC as well? Were you sponsored by, well, obviously that was much later, but and yeah. Dan Barnes was, he was flow for main game, wasn't he? Yeah. Was he sponsored yep. by Salomon as well, or did he just ride the skates? I think he was sponsored by Salomon at some point, and they went out of business, and he just ended up skating the skates. Right. Uh, later on, he, I think, skated Razors for a while. And was, I think I remember like, that, Like, flow yeah. for them or something. Because um, it just seemed kind of like, so you guys had the talent. You had the filmer there documenting it, and you guys were getting around because, you know, there's footage of you guys in, like, Atlanta, Detroit, and... You're skating with people who were like, there's clips of like Walt Austin in that video and Don Bambrick. And yeah. it was like main game era Don Bambrick. So basically he was, he was pro for main game at the time, but it just never seemed to kind of take off for any of you guys, which I found really surprising because yeah, like the, the talent was there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't a very good advocate for myself um, personally. Uh, I, I can't really speak to like Dan's situation or the other guys. Um, but with USD, I was, I don't know what my problem was, but I had this attitude of like, no, I want them to see my skating and I want them to like invite me on. And it ended up just being like, okay, we'll send you skates and we want you to put out this online content, this edit or whatever. Um, and for me, that was motivation enough to just like, keep putting out shit that I was excited about, but it got to the point where there would 
they'd be sending me a pair of skates maybe every like year, year and a half. Okay. <laughs> um, and I, at a certain point, I, and I, I got to the point where I would see other people on the team who were flow being given big opportunities, traveling to Europe and all this shit. And yeah. I was just like, what? Like, you didn't even like, consider me for that. Um, and that was for me kind of the, the beginning of the end. Um, but from, from what I understand from speaking to people over the years, most people that benefit from those kind of relationships are the people that do reach out. Cause like Dustin Morbeski once told me like he was obviously living in Barcelona for like the best part of God knows how many years with Richie Eisler doing the powerhouse thing. And he said that never would have happened if he didn't like throw his hat in the ring. So Richie was going anyway. Like Richie had already pitched to USD being like, oh, I've got this idea. I can film, I can edit, da 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 da. We'll get an apartment, we'll get a bunch of guys over. And it turned out Dustin had like helped plan the whole thing, but USD didn't know that. So at the very last minute, just before Richie went to move to Barcelona, Dustin emailed USD or the conference or Power Slide or whatever mm -hmm. and was like, oh, I was involved in orchestrating this. Yada, yada, yada. I can film. I can also take photos. Why don't you let me come over and be the photographer? And if he hadn't yeah. done that, he would never have been there and got to live in Barcelona and experienced all that stuff. And I think a lot of that, that kind of thing happened in skating where it's like, if you don't reach out and ask, you don't, your dog yeah. is kicking off. Um, yeah. If you Lesson don't reach learned. out and ask, you don't get. <laughs> so it's like, it's like what you go back to saying, like male fragility being like, well, no, like they, they should want me. Like I shouldn't, I shouldn't ask them to want, they should just want me. Yeah. I think for me, it was more the fear of rejection and then being like, no, we don't really like your shit. So, um, I don't know. I don't know what my problem was. I think I was also like humble to a fault. I was like, well, come on. My dog is whining at me right now. Come here. Come here. <laughs> Lay down. Stop. He's very uh, temperamental. He's, he's, <laughs> he's doing to you what you did to USD. <laughs> what I should have done to USD. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. Um, so how, how did you get on USD in the first place then? Because they, they must have reached out to you to sponsor you, no? Yeah, they did. Oh, come. Mike made an edit that the original Mock Tim right. uh, back in the day at the skate park, younger kids, the younger generation saw me skate and they thought I skated really fast and they <laughs> gave me that nickname. I mean, um, you do, you to like, e yeah, even most recent, you, you still skate fast. Well, that's, I like to, I like to skate fast. It feels good. So, um, but that I was going to school. It was after I moved away from Rochester, just like a half hour South of Rochester. I went to a local um, university here and um, I didn't know about any of this, but Mike had all the guys come over and set up like a studio and interviewed people talking about my skating. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen this edit. It's not really I don't think out so, there. No. Yeah. So it was called Mock Tim or Knowing Mock Tim or something like that. And the whole first like couple minutes of it is like Nate Hall and Dan Barnes and all of the all of the homies just basically making me look like a rock star explaining my skating and my approach to skating yeah um and then it cuts into this edit where i'm like 
really like pretty like skating pretty powerfully um and that was i don't know i get and then mike just sent me that one night and i was like holy i was like in tears uh watching the thing because it was like wow i didn't know that like it was just a very a very nice feeling uh yeah. to get that kind of recognition and from your friends that you respect and that you really look up to and, and hold in high regard um and i think there was sort of like a campaign this is back in the bmag message board days uh where where people were like dude usd like what the fuck are you doing send this kid some skates um and they did they reached out and i don't even remember at this point like who i was dealing with um actually it was probably um ali ali bennett uh, yeah ali bennett yeah um back then and yeah he was always really cool and really supportive of me uh in the early days and then i kind of just i don't know <laughs> well there, there was uh, yeah during that period they kind of like changed hands of that that job changed hands a few times because it seemed like loads of brands were just having team managers every few months and it was there was no consistency and a lot of skaters yeah. as a result like slipped through the cracks but that's really cool that mike torres gave you the the usd coupe de ta treatment like that's like basically just got everyone bigging you up and then your skating comes on that's awesome yeah so i guess if, if it had to happen some way that felt the best to me that felt the most authentic yeah um to not have to ask and just be like here's my skating um take it or leave it and i don't know if they liked it so because yeah you put out regular promos for them and okay. yeah what the fuck so how, <laughs> how did you get on bhc then uh i think it was the same kind of thing like uh mark saw some edit oh i was wearing a, a corporate killers t-shirt in some edit yeah um and it was the one that said like bhc corporate killers uh forcing the businessmen skateboarders and corporate fucks out of rollerblading something like that i always i love that shirt i still have it um it's all faded now unfortunately but um yeah he saw me wearing that shirt in some edit and was like yo uh we'd love to have you on. They don't, they don't have much at the time. They didn't have much of a, a presence in the U S yeah. That's, um, that's why I remembered thinking it was really random because it was only like yeah. in the later years that they got Dre on because obviously Mark became friends with Dre from visiting California and stuff like that. And they got ski. Yep. Well, ski was on first. They got Eric Perkett on, but yeah, I just remember being like, and then Dom Sagona was on. Dom Sagona. Yeah. But all of those were like connected friends kind of, cause it was all like the California connection. But I just remember thinking, wow, Tim's a bit of a wild card in this team. Like that was a, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was cool, but it was, it, it did seem like kind of out of left field. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I liked sort of their, their image and their messaging and it all kind of suited where I was at at the time. And, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not really sure how that ended. It kind of just, they were shooting, we were filming for uh, the hooligans video. Filthy hooligans, yeah. Filthy hooligans. And I had a section ready to go. And it was fucking, I, I had footage ready to go. I was sending them footage for right. the, the video and I was going to have like a full part in it. Uh, and I was really excited about that because that's, that's how you work your way up in these, in these situations. Yeah. Um, and 
someone on the team, one of the main guys like got hurt. I think like Dom got hurt. Um, and so it got delayed and I was like sitting on this footage and it's the kind of thing like you want it, you want people to see it because now it's now current and like, this is your skating and you're skating skates that are current now. And in two years or whenever the video comes out, they're going to be clearly old footage. Yeah. Um, and so right around that time, I'm just waiting, I'm just sitting on it. I'm still skating, doing other stuff. Um, but we had our, our, my friend, Chris Troyer was making a video and he made a trailer for it and just put the trailer up and all of my PHC footage was in that trailer. Like some of the better, some of the best clips of that were in that trailer. I'm like, fuck, like, all right, that's fine. I'll just, I'll just skate. I'll just do all more skating and, and reshoot the stuff. Everyone else on the team is still filming for it. I'll just keep doing that. And then I got hurt or something happened that I couldn't perform the way I wanted to. Um, and so I only had, I had like a split part with a couple other dudes that I've never met and who, and quite frankly, like I, I can appreciate and respect their skating, but it didn't fit with mine. Okay. I don't think. And it was just kind of a bummer. It just, but that that's, that's rollerblading. <laughs> Sometimes it happens that way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's weird. I, thing. Yeah. I still love all those dudes. Mark is great. Um, I haven't heard from him in a while, but yeah, they're still really sick. How did Chris Troyer get your footage though? If you'd used, if you'd sent it for BHC, how did he end up with it as well? He, he may have filmed it. Ah, it right, may have okay. technically been his footage. Um, and he was just like, I'm making, a, I'm making this video. I can't blame him. Like whatever, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. It's no, okay. cause that, that did, there was a, there was this weird period in Bladen where that did used to happen and you would see like the same footage appear in multiple videos or it would be like second angles of the same trick in a different video. Yeah. And you're like, how did, why are these people <laughs> not in communication? Like what is, how is this happening? And it just seemed like this kind of weird, yeah, breakdown that, or, or either that or if you were if you were like a conspiracy theorist you'd be like are these people just trying to screw each other over or like they're like yeah, oh, no, yeah. i've got the good stuff you're not getting it yeah so yeah i remember that era of skating and i remember also being like we're not doing that okay um and i mean chris's video it was just some online thing it was it was fun we ended up i think that was the one we premiered at a bar here we like rented out a bar and it was the first time like we saw it all the first time together on a big screen and like that kind of thing. But um, yeah, it kind of fucked me over as far as the BHC thing. Cause I, uh, yeah, <laughs> something happened and you can only perform so long and so well when you get hurt like that. So, yeah. Um, but on the upside, thanks to, like how productive you guys were and having people like Mike and yeah, you mentioned Chris Troyer as well. You've now got this massive back catalog that, you know, when you're an old wrinkly man that, you know, can't even get out your chair, you can look out, you can look back on that stuff and be like, cause you guys have made so many projects, not even just your online sections. Like you guys have made multiple full length videos that, yeah even you know not just your section like you can look back on the b-roll stuff or just the non-skating stuff in it or the stuff from other people and it's just going to bring back so many memories like you know 
going on a limousine, like that weird broken ass limousine thing tour you did, like going to Canada with you and uh, Mike and Grant, like, I don't yeah. know, all the wizard stuff, like the, the sections you guys made when you all did the the Dustin Latimer arms where you like do the hunch before jumping onto rails. <laughs> that, that was a massive part of a uh, physical f- uh, phenomenon. That was the first yeah. thing I said to Mike. I was like, wow, it's, it's pretty obvious where you guys were getting your inspiration from, uh, you know, in these teenage <laughs> years. <laughs> Cause I remember yeah. all my friends used to do that as well. You'd get like the skinniest little scrawny kid, and he'd like try and bulk himself up before jumping onto a hand drill. And you're like, that, look, that looks so strange. You do, you're not that guy. Stop it. Yeah. I used to try and uh, like mimic uh, Louisa Mora skating, and uh, didn't work out very well. That, <laughs> I don't that's, know. That's you. You picked a tough one to try and mimic. That's yeah. You know, that's a hard act. But during I don't know during the late '90s and stuff, you're all everyone's doing this this thing skating. Like you have your your there. There's no control over your your limbs, and <laughs> uh, it's it's just not refined and. Uh, that was just how we did it. Also, we are just you doing? You're not. You're not short enough to mimic Louisa Mora. Like Louisa Mora's style is very much is very much like as a consequence of his stature. Like yeah, like a tall, like anyone that's of you know average to tall height cannot have Louisa Mora. They cannot mimic Louisa Mora's style. It's just physically impossible. He's got yeah. short limbs. Yeah, I'm. I'm not uh, a very tall person. I don't know if you knew this. I'd, well, I'd, I'd see. I didn't think you were tall, but Louis Mora is exceptionally short. I'm about five three. Oh, okay. I did not realize that. <laughs> so I'm about that. as small as it gets. Right. Okay. Uh, for an adult. <clears throat> I, yeah, I didn't think you were that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you, you could probably pull off the Louis Mora thing then. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe now, if I tried to like actually, I don't know. I'm kind of over uh, trying to uh, replicate another's. Yeah, interpretation of bleeding. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but if you watch, like, even in the new edit, there's a, a shot of me, uh, Nate's filming in this shot, and I'm giving Grant a high five.